0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Anthony Marino here with you once again for another episode. Happy talking everything Buffalo Bills with you. And this week, have a special guest joining the broadcast. It's Bruce Nolan of The Nick and Nolan Show. Bruce, how you doing today?
1: I'm fantastic, Anthony. How about yourself, man?
0: It is great to uh, to be chatting with you. It's great for the Buffalo Bills to be 4-1. and one. And for all the interactions that we've had on, on Twitter and online, this is our first time actually speaking to one another. So I'm just happy that you can join the show.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It's a little bit odd. I feel like I know you, but... I've heard your voice, but we've never actually talked before right now. The viewers are getting to listen in on the first real conversation ever between Bruce Nolan and Anthony Marino.
0: Well, I hope we don't disappoint anyone with this, uh, with this conversation. I guess to kick things off, I mean, for you and Nick Bat, since you've joined Buffalo Rumblings, just talk to everybody a little bit what that experience has been like, because it seems like the show has been a great success and, and really taken off with the Buffalo Bills community.
1: We've really been very blessed that people have accepted us so well since we've come on board. And it's really a testament to Bill's Mafia because they have embraced us. And ever since we came on board, they have embraced us and they've loved what we did. And they invested themselves into the personalities that we have and to the content that we really wanted to deliver to them. And it has been an absolute joy and something beyond my absolute wildest expectations. This has been a a labor of love for both of us. And the big thing for me is that you know, Buffalo Rumblings people and the Bills Mafia at large just kind of threw their arms open and said, yeah, you know, come on board, the more the merrier. And we are very blessed as a fan base to have so many amazing media members and content creators out there who they can choose to consume at any given time. And the idea that they electively choose to consume our content weekly every week when it comes out on Wednesdays is just incredibly humbling. And we're very blessed to be part of it. And we just it kind of we got to ratchet up the bar, you know, when somebody out there really appreciates what you do, that means you got to put more into it. And so that's what we're trying to do every week.
0: Well, and it has been a lot of fun. And, you know, for guys like yourself, right, that don't live in Buffalo, I don't live in Buffalo myself. So a lot of times, right, we get to Twitter, we get to places like com, and you're able to interact with these fans and, and have that voice, right, where you can really talk about the team that, that we know and love. And, and thankfully, they're off to a great start, which I think puts everybody in a good mood.
1: Oh, it's certainly a good mood. I think winning that game against the Titans – was a blessing for me personally, because I certainly didn't want to write and podcast for two weeks off of a loss. So I'm glad to get a win going into the bye week.
0: No, absolutely. And and I think that sums it up too, right? And you talk about the bye week. In many ways, when the schedule first came out, you're thinking to yourself, man, the bye week in week six, you'd want it to be a little bit later. You're thinking if guys are banged up, but right now there are a number of injuries for the Bills. Uh, You can probably say the bye week is coming at the perfect time.
1: It absolutely is, and it's one of those things where you never really know until it shows up how valuable it's going to be, and when it showed up on the schedule, we're like, eh, I don't really know, but now during the Titans game, I'm seeing these people go down and I'm thinking, oh gosh, I'm glad we got a bye week next week, so whether the bye is at the right time or is the wrong time depends primarily on the situation you find yourself in the week before, and I think it's fortuitous for the Bills to have an early bye in this case so that we can keep things from kind of spiraling out. We don't have injuries stacking on top of injuries and we run into depth problems and then you have to start making roster moves and then that stuff alleviates and causes depth problems at other positions and it kind of snowballs on you. But we don't have to worry about that because of the early buy.
0: All right, Bruce, each and every week, I enjoy the perspective that you bring, not just as a podcaster with the Nick and Nolan show, but you're writing now for BuffaloRumblings.com. And obviously that has been great as you do a preview each and every week of the different opponent that the Bills have. And I'd love to hear a little bit more of what goes into that for you, right, as you prepare each and every time. While I'm a fan of the team, I don't know everything, all the X's and O's that go into a game plan. But I love the way that you describe it for the fans. It's easy to follow. It's easy to understand, but it ties in a lot of that expertise. And I'd love to hear what goes into it each and every week for you.
1: Oh, thanks a lot, Anthony. I really enjoy doing it. It's a chance for me to kind of learn more about the game and force myself to dive into teams that I necessarily may not otherwise do with this being a a part-time scenario for me. I I usually am trying really hard to prepare for the pod, which records on Tuesday nights every week on Monday night. So when Monday night rolls around and I've had a chance to digest the bills for the previous day, I've sat down and I'm like, well, before Monday night football starts, let's dive into some opponent film. And I'll pull out my notebook and I'll start writing tendencies and things that I see on film from this team, things that they do well, things they necessarily don't do well. I'll look at the offensive line. I'll look at the defensive line. I'll start taking notes and jotting down things that show up to me as I'm casually watching the all 22. If it's up by then, it comes out usually on Monday nights or the broadcast views. And what happens then is I just go until I have a page or two of notes. And if I get done that Monday night, great. If I don't get done that with that until Wednesday, that's fine too. But Tuesday night I record, and then Wednesday night I'll get on and I'll kind of finish up anything I need to do. So I'll just go until I feel like I have enough for 700 to 900 words of easily digestible content conceptually. And that's the key word right there, conceptually. I don't want to dive into what this specific route concept is called. I don't want to bust out inverted cover twos and try and explain that to you in a 700 to 900 word episode. It doesn't, it's not digestible that via that medium. Bill's Mafia is very fortunate to have plenty of really good film analysts who can take a deep dive into a specific coverage and really do that. But in a short paragraph that you're trying to do bullet points on, it's just not the right format for that. So I try to make sure that I'm seeing things that also line up with something the Bills can take advantage of. Because if a defense has a weakness, or if an offense has a weakness, and the opposing team doesn't have the personnel or scheme to take advantage of that, it's not really relevant at that point. (laughs) It's like if a tree falls in the forest and nobody hears it, it doesn't make a sound. It's the same concept. So I sit down and I try and get that stuff done. And then on Wednesday night or Thursday, I will sit down and I'll take those bullet points and scribbly notes and all sorts of strange hieroglyphs on my notebook and try to translate it to an easily digestible content for Buffalo Rumblings on Friday.
0: As you go through this and then you're watching the game, right, and sitting there to yourself, have there been instances this season where you look back and said, that's exactly what I suggested in the preview article and the team is doing it, almost providing some of that validation for you? Like anything specific that stood out
1: a couple times I've been hit with some bad luck because last week I said, you know, I really want to see if Singletary and Knox are specifically a big part of this game plan. And then Singletary didn't play. So right. that one just kind of, you know, cut the knees out from underneath me. But there has been some times where I'll give you a great example. One of my bullet points for last week was don't forget to spy. And don't forget to spy Mariota. And there was a big play where Tremaine Edmonds broke up a third down pass. And that's exactly what he was doing. He was, he was spying, and having Tremaine Edmonds' length in the middle of the field on third down both also accounts for any middle of the field short zone passes that can be broken up by Tremaine Edmonds and his tremendous length, and also if Mariota decides to scramble on third downs, which of course is extremely frustrating for a defense, that was one that I got right, and I was, I, I was pretty happy about that one, but there's been a few I've gotten wrong.
0: Let me ask you about Tremaine Edmonds as you bring him up. And, you know, I think we saw maybe the same clip. Brian Baldinger had some of it on Twitter today, which I thought was great. But you talk about the progression that he's made. And I think so often we right when we talk about progress, we talk about Josh Allen because he's the quarterback and everything that went into taking him. But truly Tremaine Edmonds being that quarterback of the defense right? So now he comes in, gets off to a, a rough start in 2018. Talk to me a little bit about what you've seen from when he started to, to really through the Titans game.
1: Tremaine Edmonds has always been a freak athlete. He's a 99% athlete in a 97% speed kind of guy. I mean, he's unbelievable size, unbelievable speed, unbelievable agility, quickness, everything that you want on paper is there. But they did a lot of strange things with him coming out of college. And there was a question as to what position he would play when he got to the NFL. There were a lot of three, four teams that looked at him as an outside pass rusher. And were hoping he could be a dynamic outside pass rusher. Like look at his length, look at his movement ability. We think we could turn him into Brian Burns, for example. Now when the bills picked him and said, he's a middle linebacker, he's kind of a unicorn. There isn't a middle linebacker of that level of size with that movement ability in the NFL. And what we saw from him early is we saw an athlete who wasn't quite good at playing middle linebacker yet. And we saw some teams early in 2018 take fairly notable advantage of his inexperience. The chargers most notably absolutely took him to the woodshed and he wasn't playing well in the 2018 preseason. And he didn't play well in the early parts of 2018 regular season either. But what we are seeing from Tremaine Edmonds is we're seeing the mental side catch up to the physical side, which is incredibly exciting for Bills fans. Tremaine Edmonds is a player with potentially unlimited upside because he is so unique. You hesitate to use the phrase unicorn to describe someone, but right. truly he is. You can't, you can't think of a, a middle linebacker who's played in the NFL recently and go, oh, well, that's you know, clearly the comp for Tremaine Edmonds because there is no comp. For Tremaine Evans. And we're finally starting to see his understanding of gaps, his understanding of landmarks in zone coverage, his understanding of man coverage and where his help is, which is something that San Diego Chargers took really bad advantage of him for. As those things start to understand, he starts to understand what his role is in the defense. Now, all of a sudden, he's reaching that potential.
0: Well, and it's nice to see him reaching that potential again, making a great impact in the victory over the Titans on Sunday. Transitioning to my next question for you, and it really does tie in. You talk about how good Edmonds has been. Got into a discussion the other day where I was asked, who is the Buffalo Bills MVP through five weeks? And I think with most teams, right, you can can pinpoint on one guy who might be that fit, whether it's the quarterback or a star on offense or someone that truly stands out. And as I look over these five games, it seems like there is such a, uh, a, a depth, I guess you could say, right, of talent that comes with the Bills and guys that have delivered on a week to week basis. I really had a hard time coming up with an answer for this. And I was curious to get your take, you know, is there someone that truly stands out through five games? I mean, basically a third of the season that you could consider the MVP of the team.
1: Well, I was thinking about saying Tremaine Edmonds, but we just talked about him. So now I'm, I'm left scrambling. So I'm going to yeah. go with Micah Hyde. I'm going to go with Micah Hyde because I think that Micah Hyde has always been a very good safety. And this year with some, with some help elsewhere, I think Micah Hyde has been stellar. I think he has taken his play to a level that he has previously not reached in his career. If You thought last year Micah Hyde had hit his ceiling, and a lot of people had probably reasonably said that because he was a very good safety last year. This year, he's one of the best in the NFL. And with Levi Wallace having a little bit more experience under his belt, and with Tremaine Edmonds starting to understand his assignments, Micah Hyde can be more of a playmaker and less of a let's make sure everybody's in the right spot sort of player. And Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer are arguably the best safety tandem in the league, who nobody talks about ever. But Micah Hyde has very clearly taken his play to the stratosphere this year. And not just the amazing play against the Patriots, but those plays are showing up in opportunity costs, too. They're showing up in plays that quarterbacks didn't make because Micah Hyde was where he was supposed to be. Micah Hyde is taking things away, and people are scared to throw the ball deep. For fear that Micah Hyde will get them, and he's become this deep boogeyman for quarterbacks, and I just think he's playing out of his gourd right now. And if I had to take an MVP, and you told me I can't take Tremaine Edmonds, (laughs) I'm taking Micah Hyde.
0: Hey, it's okay to have a one A and a one B. Now, I did not expect you to list Josh Allen as an MVP candidate for the Bills because most of the comebacks that he have led he has led has been because of some subpar play on, on his part in each and every game. But you've talked before about the clutch gene that he has leading these comebacks, everything that's taking place with it, not to say that he's the most valuable player on the offense, but I couldn't imagine the offense with him. Right. And I struggle to, to put him in any sort of a category because it's just too early, isn't it?
1: It is too early. We don't really know. People really want to compare Josh Allen, you know, early it was, Cam Newton, and then there's some Brett Favre, and there's some Patrick Mahomes, like, oh, he's a playmaker. And Josh Allen is a strange bird because he, he's not the Brett Favre, Patrick Mahomes playmaker that everyone thinks he is, because he's not horribly accurate off platform. He's not someone who can consistently consistently throw off his back foot and from strange angles and be accurate with the football. He needs to be mechanically precise from the waist down to be accurate. But at the same time, he has that crazy athleticism. So you're like, well, how does that really fit in? It's just a unique animal. Josh Allen is Josh Allen is Josh Allen. That's what he is. And I've looked for comps, and I've tried to make it easily digestible for my listeners. And trust me, if I would have come up with something, I would have given it to you. But we don't know yet. He's still evolving. In fact, you would make an argument, Josh Allen 2018 version? isn't even close to being the same player that Josh Allen 2019 version is. So not only do we not know if we can compare Josh Allen to other players, I don't even know if we can compare Josh Allen to what he's going to be in four weeks.
0: Well, and the interesting thing when you talk about comparisons where I thought you might go is, of course, the comparisons to the draft class. And I know you guys touched base on that in this week's podcast. And it's so early with all of these players. You know, I guess until these guys do establish themselves, there's always going to be the comparisons that take place. Do you feel this has the chance to be one of those historic quarterback draft classes, though, similar to the 83 class? I do.
1: I do feel like this quarterback draft class has a lot of talent in it. My main concern is whether or not the quarterbacks that are involved will be properly groomed. My concern is Adam Gase in New York may waste a year or two of Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield in Cleveland may not get the offensive line that he has always really needed. And you have concerns with some of these people. Josh Rosen has been put in arguably the worst situation of any quarterback in recent memory. There's going to be a 30 for 30 at some point of Josh Rosen and how miserable he had it his first two years with teams that were not really that interested in winning. And if they were interested, they've just done a darn bad job of it. And so those are my concerns with this draft class. I think there's lots of talent. I think that four, maybe five of them could end up being long-term starters if they were groomed correctly. Now, the good news is, I really feel like the Bills have done what they needed to do to surround Josh Allen with the appropriate environment, the good soil necessary for him to grow. Uh, We often talked about on the Nick and Nolan show the difference in philosophy between how the Jets think they should surround Sam Darnold with talent and how the Bills thought they should surround Josh Allen with talent. The Bills looked at their scenario and said, we need an offensive line. The Jets looked at their scenario and said, we need a running back. And it was interesting going in and seeing how that difference is going to manifest itself. I am pro-Bill's approach in this scenario. The offensive line is the quickest way to destroy your quarterback is not to not give him a great receiver. It's to not give him any protection. And we've seen that manifest itself with other young quarterbacks, most notably David Carr. But other young quarterbacks have been ruined by having bad offensive lines. I think there's a potential for all these quarterbacks to be good. The question is, are the teams going to help them?
0: No, that's a great point. I want to talk to you about running back in a minute. But before we go there, you know, I didn't know you guys, right, leading up to the 2018 draft. We weren't following each other, interacting, any of those pieces. Who was the quarterback that you had your heart set on for the Bills to take in 2018?
1: My quarterback rankings for 2018 were Baker Mayfield, Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, Mason Rudolph, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. Those are the top six quarterbacks for me. Josh Allen was QB six for me. So that was my rankings in order. Baker Mayfield was my favorite quarterback coming out, followed closely by Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold. I was hoping that it was going to be Baker Mayfield. But once the rumors started swirling in draft day that the Browns were going to take him number one, then I was hoping that the Giants wouldn't take a quarterback and they didn't. And I was hoping the Jets would at that point Maybe take Josh Allen and maybe kind of throw a little bit of the loop in. And they didn't. They took Sam Darnold. And then I said, okay, well, let's go Rosen. And we traded up and it was Josh Allen. I was one of those people who wanted Josh Rosen and got Josh Allen.
0: Well, it's like I said, it's interesting. And we've talked about this before, not that we want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but for everybody at buffalorumblings.com, your new listeners, once you guys get into the draft season, it will truly be a treat for everyone. We even did a best of with one of your podcasts after the draft when the Bills had selected Ed Oliver to share with the fans just so they could get an understanding of the work that the two of you put into the draft preparation. And uh, everybody's going to be in for a real treat when we get to draft season can.
1: Well, I appreciate that, Anthony. We, we put a lot of work into the draft episodes. We rank the players as we see fit in each of the position groups. And then we do a mega episode, a mock draft mega episode, where it's usually two or three paws long. And we go through one to 32, all the picks with trades and with lines of thinking and why we picked who we picked. And it really is a really fun exercise. And the most fun for me is I get to put myself in the head of each of the 32 GMs in the league and go, okay, I'm trying to make the best decision I can for my franchise right now. And what do I think this person is going to do? It's intended to be predictive. And even with trades, that can get messy real fast. And it's a really a labor of love. We love doing it. I'm a huge draft, Nick. And I'm a fan of this, and I really enjoyed it, and that was one of the things that I'm excited to share with Buffalo Rumblings listeners during draft season.
0: No, it's going to be great, and again, for everyone, like I said, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but when we do get to the draft season, it'll be some uh, some can't miss episodes coming your ways from Nick and Nolan doing the draft prep. Now, I said I wanted to talk running back with you. You mentioned the Jets approach before, Le'Veon Bell. There was a brief rumor right during free agency that linking the Bills to Bell. I don't think anyone put too much stock in it. He ends up signing the big contract with the Jets after sitting out the season. Uh, Remember when the Bills signed Frank Gore to the one-year contract, fans collectively losing their minds about signing a 36-year-old running back. Right now, through five games, he's on pace to run for about 1,100 yards. Um, With that, what have you seen from Gore so far, and what do you expect to see from him the rest of the way?
1: Frank Gore will get you. The maximum possible amount of yards that are available for blocking on any given run play. And that is a testament to his vision, to his experience. Frank Gore is not going to dynamically make four people miss. That's not who he is, but that's never been who he is. What Frank Gore is, is Frank Gore has great vision. He has good contact balance. He has a low center of gravity. He is someone who will get you anything you give him. If you block three yards for you, he'll get three and then fall forward and get four. If you block and there's a potential that that play could go for 15 yards, he's going to get every single bit of it. There's no inefficiency in Frank Gore's running. But in addition to that, at this point, you really can't ask him to do perimeter runs. And that's not what the Bills have asked him to do. There has not been a lot of perimeter running since Devin Singletary has been out because the Bills are wisely not asking Frank Gore to do things that he can't do well. And so Frank Gore does not have that elite burst to the edge and does not have that tremendous sideline run down and you know get you 60 yards on outrun, beat the corner angle. It's just not who he is. But I know full well that if we get five yards worth of push, Frank Gore is not going to make a bad decision, pick the wrong hole and get you negative one.
0: And that's a big difference from last year, right? I mean, and it's a completely different offensive line in all these pieces, not putting all the blame on LaShawn McCoy, but you just see those, those positive yards, right, taking place pretty much every time he handles the ball. And with that, it is just given some consistency to the run game that the team didn't have there in the past. Obviously, we can't wait for Devin Singletary to come back and see him flash what he did early on this season, but Gore has been a great addition for the Bills so far.
1: He absolutely has. You're not going to get a 20-yard run when there was nothing blocked for you, like you could potentially get with LaShawn McCoy. But you're also not going to get a scenario where seven yards was blocked up for you and you got negative one.
0: Yeah. Now, Bruce, we've talked mostly about the positive. Is there anyone that through five games you look and say, you know, down the stretch, this is someone that's going to need to step up for the team, right? We're, we're talking about a push for the playoffs, you know, people looking at the schedule and thinking, okay, this is advantageous for the Bills that, that they can roll off a, a good number of wins throughout the season. But is there one guy on the roster that you just haven't seen enough from so far this year?
1: We need Josh Allen to step up, but Apart from the obvious quarterback discussion and in the interest of not diving too far into quarterback discussion, I'd like to see the tight end position get the hands issue stabilized. This tight end position has had the drop sees. Tommy Sweeney, Dawson Knox have not helped Josh Allen. Now, I don't know if having Tyler Croft come back is going to assist in that, but as much as we love Dawson Knox and as much as he made plays for the bills, he's also been responsible for some drops. And so has Tommy Sweeney. And that's not helping when you have a young quarterback and you absolutely have to give them everything you've got. In addition, the Bills have to figure out the right tackle scenario. If Cody Ford and Ty Insecki can both come back and go, Cody Ford still is struggling with speed off the edge. And I'm not entirely sure if there's something we don't know about Ty Insecki and load management. But even if that's the case... We should be platooning him with someone aside from Cody Ford, because I wouldn't go as far as to say he's a liability, but he's struggled enough with the same thing that we can officially say he's a concern at right tackle. And I think that the desire to have him develop may be blinding the Bills coaching staff a little bit to the fact that he's still struggling with the same things. Maybe you're asking him to do something he can't do.
0: In your opinion, when you look at someone like Cody Ford, would you think he just needs to take some time, when I say time off, time on the bench, right? Less reps in the games? Or do you look at something and say, you know what, you've got someone like Quentin Spain who's been struggling at the left guard position. Do you do a little bit of a shuffle, maybe put Ford at right guard, Feliciano at left guard or, or something along those lines? I mean, what would you do in this type of scenario?
1: That's what I would do. I would put Ford at right guard. I think Feliciano has played far too well for you to be able to have him off the field. I think that there's a good chance that Ford's an upgrade over Spain, who's a perfectly passable left guard, but he's not so good that somehow having a second round high ceiling guard on your team is... Gonna, you know, get pushed to the bench because of him. Quentin Spain has been a perfectly reasonable guard, but he hasn't been that good that we just no, he's just locked in. It's blasphemous for us to even consider replacing Quentin Spain. I would start to experiment in the bye week with moving Feliciano to the left guard, putting Cody Ford at right guard, and having Ty Secchi at right tackle. And if Ty Secchi really needs to be platooned there, I would much rather him have him be platooned with Ryan Bates, who has more mobility and has quicker feet. And I think that there's a better chance that Ryan Bates can hold down right tackle than Cody Ford. He doesn't have the natural gifts that Cody Ford does, but he has the mobility to not get beat in that specific way.
0: Well, it'll be interesting to see if the Bills do something different along the line. Coming out of the bye maybe gives them some time to work on it or to consider it. A little bit more. Now, Bruce, before we wrap up this episode, um, you know, I've talked to you earlier on, right? I, I love the Nick and Nolan show, everything you guys do. I love the drops that come with it, but I do have one gripe, and it, it really comes more with your partner, Nick Bat, as opposed to with you. But there are no Marvel Cinematic Universe drops that come anywhere in the Nick and Nolan podcast. And when I brought it up, it is because Nick Bat has never watched a Marvel movie in his life. And I just don't understand how you guys can have such a rapport with each other for someone that has just left out this cinematic masterpiece from his life. I mean, how do you get through on a day-to-day basis with this guy?
1: I love him despite his flaws,
0: Anthony.
1: <laughs> I love him despite his flaws. I got a chance to do one solo podcast because of an audio problem, and I did put a Thanos drop in there specifically because I knew that Nick would never do it on his own. And so what the listeners can know is that in the event that there's ever another solo pod, I will find a way to get a Marvel Cinematic Universe soundbite in there.
0: Well, let me ask you one question, then, just as it's, it's Marvel-related. I mean, is there your one, let's just call it your go-to movie, right? That if if there is one out of the the 10-year span of films that came out that is always your go-to, that if it's on, there's no way you're switching the channel?
1: Captain America Winter Soldier is my favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe film. And One of my favorite lines comes from that, and that is right before one of my favorite scenes, which is an elevator fight scene between Captain America and a bunch of of bad guys. He steps onto the elevator and realizes that they're going to attack him, and there's a quiet moment between him and the opposing baddies, and he says, before we get started, would anyone like to get off? And I always thought I would use that soundbite if I had the opportunity early on in the episode uh, when I was getting ready for some sort of rant or something like that. But the, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies and Captain America Winter Soldier are at the top of my list.
0: Well, it, it's, you know, we joked early on. It seems like we've known each other for a long time. This has, I think, been a, a breakthrough day for you and I having this podcast conversation. Captain America Winter Soldier at the absolute top of my Marvel list. But also your performance as MC Blowhard this morning as I was walking the dog just completely blew me away. So it's uh, it's really a pleasure to be able to chat with you today. Uh, Everything Buffalo Bills.
1: Hey, it was a good time, Anthony. You never know what you're going to get from MC Blowhard, And, you know, <laughs> you, you might step in. There There is a rumor that there's a sound clip floating out into the ether when Nick was recording me and I was getting my voice warmed up and I was singing T-Pain. And so there's a rumor that that was on recording and it's somewhere out there and no one will ever hear it. But I imagine when he's really mad at me someday, he will slip that into the pod for embarrassment purposes. In fact, he might do that after he listens to our conversation right
0: now. Well, we know that Nick is going to be joining this show at some point in the coming week. So we'll see whatever it'll take to get that uh, clip. But before we wrap up, uh, just in case anyone's not following you online, any of your work, anything taking place, why don't you share that with the listeners right now?
1: Well, you can follow me on on Twitter at Bruce Exclusive, and you can see my articles that drop on Friday mornings on BuffaloRumblings.com. They are titled Crumbling Their Cookies, and I'm Bruce Nolan, and I'm I'm excited to be part of Buffalo Rumblings, and you can hit BuffaloRumblings.com for all of your Buffalo Bills needs.
0: All right, Bruce, thanks again for joining. Again, if you haven't already done so, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcast, so you can get the Nick and Nolan show, Breaking Buffalo Rumblings, Believe, Buffalo Rumblings Q&A, Blitzed Bills, Circling the Wagons, the Mafia Mavens. You can get all these great shows in one great place. So, Bruce, thanks again for joining. We'll touch base with you sometime real soon. And thanks again for joining Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Go Bills. <laughs>